Welcome, foolish mortals, to the haunted mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. <laughs> and I am your living host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, over at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 44 of the Catholic Foodie, Trick or Treat. That's right. Uh, Trick or treat. It is trick or treat time. I can hardly believe it. Uh, You know, Halloween is one of my favorite, if not the favorite holiday of the year. Uh, And I'm almost embarrassed to say that. I mean, Christmas and Easter and so many great holidays. But uh, there's just something about Halloween growing up. I love it. and I've always loved it. It's just just so exciting. So we're going to talk about Halloween tonight. Uh, Where does it come from? What about all that Halloween candy? Uh, what about the Feast of All Saints and All Souls? Dia de los Muertos and uh, pumpkins, costumes. We got all this and more here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Lots of yummy stuff here. Trick or treat. Lots of treats. Uh, you know, it, one of the reasons, I guess, as a kid I loved Halloween was because of the candy, but I have to tell you, the candy was probably down there like at number three or something. Uh, number one was get to dress up in a cool costume and go walk around at night and, and just have a lot of fun. Uh, the second thing, I think, for me was the fact that it was eerie and spooky and ooh, I just love that. It was so neat. And as a kid, of course, it was all innocent stuff, innocent uh, uh, fear, you know, the, the, the spookiness. It wasn't all the, the crazy stuff you had today, like the, the blood and the gore and the scary movies and all of that. So, uh, and, and still today, I mean, I love the, the spookiness of it all. The full moon, the black cats, the, the witches and the goblins and the uh, vampires and bats and all, ghosts. Ooh, ghosts. All these good things, cool things that are associated with Halloween. So we're going to talk about that today and also... Uh, some some information. I guess we're going to share some information on Hall- Halloween candy and uh, Dia de los Muertos and all kind of good stuff. So thank you so much for being here. And uh, boy, you got to enjoy the show. Halloween is just a few days away. And maybe you'll get an idea or two on how to celebrate Halloween this year. But first, we're going to start off with some feedback. Hi, Jeff. It's Barbara, Nebraska, and I'm listening to Holy Meals, the most recent Catholic foodie episode for me. And Mike was talking about the Polish tradition at Christmas time, and we call it Oplatki. And I'm half Polish, and my mom does that every year. It starts with the head of the household with the piece of the Christmas wafer, and he passes it on to the next person and holds it while that person breaks off a piece. And we say, I wish you health, I wish you happiness, I wish you prosperity. And of course, we all laugh and have a good time with it, especially when we break off a big piece, say, oh, I'm going to have a lot of health this year, or oh boy, prosperity is good for me this this year. And if it's a really small piece, oh no, I'm not going to be very happy this year. But anyway, we have a good time. And um, I wanted to say that um, you can buy it from our friend Ian at Aquinas and More. And the word you would have to type in is Oplatki, O-P-L-A-T-K-I. And 
my mom buys it from a local parish that is predominantly Polish. So maybe there's an area for you that might sell that. But you can always buy it from Aquinas and More, and it's $10 for a packet. Well, that's it. Have a good night. God bless. <laughs> thank you so much, Barb, for that. And uh, Oplotki, Oplotki. I need to remember that. And thank you for giving me the contact info, who, you know, where to go. Aquinas and More, I got to meet Ian at uh, the Catholic New Media Celebration, and I'm very excited that he has this stuff. I'm going to have to get online and get some for, for this Christmas season. As I mentioned that episode, Holy Meals, I really enjoyed that, that, that one year that we someone had given us, uh, and, and Opla, I guess Oplotki is actually plural, uh, Oplatek or something would be the singular, I think. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an expert. Uh, but to be able to go there, get some, and, and kind of repeat what we did years ago, I'm looking forward to it. So thanks for that info and, uh, and for your voicemail. We have a few emails as well I'd like to share with you. One is from Jackie Whiteside, and she says, Jeff, I love your podcast. I started out listening to podcasts about running about eight months ago and ended up finding my way to SQPN thanks to Steve Runner. Yours is the first podcast I have ever responded to, so forgive me if I ramble. That's okay. That's okay. I just wanted to say that I'm a stay-at-home mom with three kids living in eastern Washington state, And feeding my family is always a challenge. First off, I have one child who is quite picky, one who will eat anything, and one in between. Add to that the fact that they are all serious soccer players, so in the fall, I'm basically driving between practices and games all evening. We end up eating kind of late most nights, 7.30 to 8 p.m., because that's when everyone arrives home, and I still like us to gather around the table as a family. That's very good. Uh, I definitely will be incorporating some of your suggestions as we finish up the soccer season. I like the idea of the crockpot meals as well as cooking a bunch on Sunday. We had a garden this year, and so the kids are eating more veggies, uh, which has been great, but I still can't convince them to eat salad. Hopefully, as they watch my husband and I eat, eat it with our meals, they will eventually come around. Thanks again for the great podcast. Well, thank you, Jackie. That's, uh, I'm glad that some of the suggestions that I shared on uh, uh, the Healthy Meals on the Go show, uh, that, that it, it did some good. I'm, I'm very happy that, uh, that you got something out of that. Um, I, we love salad. We eat salad pretty much every night. My son is the only one who doesn't like it, but uh, he eats it anyway because though I don't necessarily believe in forcing kids to eat anything, uh, we make an exception for him. <laughs> So he has to eat some salad every night. Well, every night that we have a salad. So it's just been so crazy around here the last week or so that, uh, man, our whole meal schedule is just completely messed up. So hopefully uh, this coming week we'll get some some more balance, you know. This past week, I mean, the kids are in a play. They're in Sleepy Hollow. And the opening night was Friday. So the entire week they've had practiced every night. And they practiced for like three hours which is great because Char and I get some time away. Uh, we haven't always been able to spend that time together because she tutors and I, I have a, a, a job that I do with the, with the church, the parish, in addition to teaching. So we haven't always been able to spend any of that time together. But um, it's been practice every night. So we get in late, the kids get in late, and we, we finally sit down to eat at you know 9 o'clock. <laughs> and uh, 
So it's just been crazy. Anyway, today is the last show. They have just done a phenomenal job, a great job. I'm so proud of my kids for getting up on stage in front of all these people and performing, and they just eat it up. They just eat it up. And I mean, I wouldn't do that when I was a kid. There's no way. You couldn't pay me to get up there and in front of all these people on a stage. Uh, now, as, a, as an adult who's at least somewhat mature, uh, <laughs> I think it's a lot easier for me. Of course, I get up in front of kids every day and talk. I get up in front of parents and talk, and uh, I don't have a problem with it now. But my kids, goodness gracious, they there's something else. So hopefully uh, today's the last performance, so hopefully this week we'll get some more uh, normality or normalcy into our schedule. Uh, let's see. We have some more feedback here. Uh, we have one uh, from Anne, uh, Anne Warline Hutchison, Hutchinson. Uh, she says, I just finished listening to your podcast on healthy meals. As a working wife and mother to two growing girls, meals are so important to me. A few years ago, I was searching the internet for meal planning ideas and ways to cook meals ahead and freeze them in order to save time after work. And I found the dinner diva. Leanne Ellie. It's either Ellie or Eli. Ellie, I guess. Uh, this has really been a godsend to me. You can buy menus with a shopping list already made out on this website. Uh, there are freezer meal menus. I once prepared 20 meals in freezer bags so that each day I just had to get one out to cook and dinner was ready. Wow, that's really cool. Uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner menus, holiday menus, frugal menus, heart-healthy menus, low-carb menus, menus for two, four, or six people, etc. The list goes on and on. Besides all the awesome menus, the Dinner Diva uh, is a certified nutritionist, and she's passionate about teaching people how to feed their families healthy meals and how to get them back to the table together. She has a weekly radio show on Blog Talk Radio where she often gives away free menus or discounts. I've really learned the importance of healthy meals, meal planning, and shopping with a list. Check it out. It says Anne in Ohio. Anne, thank you so much. That's a great idea. It's savingdinner.com, by the way. Savingdinner.com. Um, I did check it out, and it looks really cool. I haven't had a, a chance to really play with everything. There's some free stuff on there, some resources uh, savingdinner.com it may be worth you checking it out as well uh, Joanna also wrote in she wants to be uh, signed up for the t-shirt and apron giveaway which by the way I'll remind you later the contest it ends next week next Sunday and I'm just looking for feedback feedback on uh, uh, the the uh, the holy meals or the healthy meals show or anything you'd like to send uh, send to me whether it's questions or comments or suggestions and Here's the phone ringing. Uh, let me grab that real quick. Be right back. Okay. So, anyway, as I was saying, uh, contest. We have a contest. Ends next week. I'm looking for feedback. Anything you want to say to the Catholic Foodie, any suggestions, ideas, comments, questions, whatever it may be, just give me a call over at 985-635-4974, or you can make a comment over at catholicfoodie.com, or email me at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. Anyway, Joanna, uh, you are certainly signed up, and uh, she actually left a, a a recipe for me, and it's roast beef with ginger ale. And so I will put that, I'm actually going to post it on the website. You can see that probably tomorrow I'll put that up. 
so roast beef with ginger ale from Joanne. Thank you so much, Joanne. Uh, let's see. Janet, Janet wrote in, and she has a blog. Let me pull that up real quick for you. Janet has a blog called uh, For the Love of Christ, and you can find that at St. Francis Girl, which is S-T for Saint, St. Francis Girl, dot wordpress dot com. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes for this. But she wrote last year, she wrote a blog post on Halloween and Halloween candy. So I, I did read over it. It's, it's too long, as she even mentioned, it's too long to go over here in the show. But really good stuff. I enjoyed it. She talks about her favorite Halloween candies and all kind of good things uh, about her experience with Halloween growing up. So uh, you may want to check that out. I will put a link in the show notes. And then uh, we had that feedback from Barb. So we had some some feedback. Thank you all so much for writing in. And once again, if you want to leave feedback for the Catholic Foodie, call me. I love voice feedback. Call 985-635-4974 or email me at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. And of course, you're always able to leave a comment for the Catholic Foodie over at catholicfoodie.com or sqpn.com. Well, as I've already said, I really, really enjoy Halloween. I grew up, it was just one of my favorite holidays, if not the favorite holiday, my favorite holiday. And uh, I really like just the spookiness of it and the dressing up, as I've already mentioned. It was just so much fun. And uh, every year I like listening to these eerie, spooky sounds, you know. Matter of fact, I had a favorite album. It was a Walt Disney album, and it was called uh, Chilling Thrilling Sounds of the Halloween something. I can't think of the last part of this. Uh, But just a great album. Very child-oriented, right? It's not scary stuff. It's just sort of spooky. And uh, I don't know. I just I really enjoy that. So Halloween. I know a lot of people love Halloween candy. And I do, too. I have some favorites, and I also asked some of the listeners and some readers and members of the Catholic Foodie page, fan page on Facebook, what do you think? What was your favorite Halloween candy, or what is your favorite Halloween candy? And here are a few things that uh, that people shared with me. Let me see. Where did I put this? I'm on the wrong page. Let me get this up here. Got my little Halloween stuff in the background. And, you know, a lot of people said, and this is on Plurk and Twitter and then also on Facebook, a lot of people said candy corn. They love candy corn. And I have to tell you, I don't. (laughs) I just never, I have never liked candy corn. Uh, It's just so sweet. It's just so sweet and just too, I don't know, it's just too much. Um, But Jim uh, Beagley, he said he liked candy corn. Kim Wright uh, she hates candy corn. Okay, Kim, cool. Uh, but she loves the mini Butterfingers. Uh, Sean, the duct tape guy, says he likes candy rockets. And Lorraine Myhall, a good friend of mine, Lorraine, said, of course, candy corn. <laughs> so uh, it was, uh, uh, that's good. And you know, my favorite, my favorite is actually the, the uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. 
good stuff. And of course, you know, you got those little minis they do every year for Thanksgiving, uh, for Halloween, and uh, they have your, your regular size, and sometimes they do those pumpkin-shaped uh, uh, peanut butter cups. I mean, those are just so good. And my second favorite, and you know, now I can't even think of the name of these things. It's white uh, on the outside, but it's kind of like peanut butter, dry peanut butter on the inside. It's kind of crunchy. Peanut butter crunch. I don't know what you call it, but those, oh my goodness, those are like my absolute favorite. Um, I need to find out what they call those things. It's just really good. And what I, what I might do for next show is actually, since, you know, I'm going to go trick-or-treating and all. I mean, of course, I, I have to go trick-or-treating uh, <laughs> uh, in five days. So when I get back and I have all my favorite candies, I might do a little uh, show and tell on Ustream. Hey, this one is my favorite. So until then, I'd love to hear more about your favorite. What do you like in Halloween candy? Now, what about the most popular Halloween candy? I mean, there's so many different candies out there. What are the most ho- uh, popular Halloween candies? Well, in 2004, they did a um, somebody. I have no idea who. Who cares about sources, right? Uh, it's, it's on the Internet, so it's got to be true. Anyway, I found this website. It has like the top 15 uh, most popular Halloween candies from 2004. How they found this out, I have no idea. Take this just, you know, on, on uh, for what you think it might be worth, <laughs> maybe with a grain of salt. Uh, but they said that number one is the Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Rolls, which I don't really care for too much. Uh, Hershey's Milk Chocolate, Nestle Crunch, Nerds, Tamales, and here's the, the, the really famous one, but it's number six here on this list, and that is Candy Corn. Candy Corn uh, uh, ranks in at number six. Snickers Bar, Baby Ruth, Reese's, Reese's Pieces, Almond Joy, Milky Way, Razzles, which I don't even know what those are, Lifesavers, M&M's, and Sour Patch. Huh, Sour Patch is number 15. M&M's number 14. That's hard to believe. You know, I, I don't really like M&M's, the regular ones, but I love those peanut M&M's. Peanut M&M's are good. <laughs> and speaking of spooky stuff, you know, there's a lot. I don't know about where you are, where you uh, live, but in my neck of the woods, there are a number of people, good people, good Catholic people, uh, Christian people who have a hard time with Halloween. And that may be a phenomenon that's taking place all over. I don't know, uh, but one of the things that have become very popular as of late have been these um, All Saints parties. And of course, Halloween, where does it start? You know, once again, I'm going to post some uh, some information in the show notes, but, you know, Halloween was originally a Celtic celebration. It was just a, a fall feast. And, and of course, you in the fall, everything is dying, and, it, you know, it, it's something that uh, uh, ancient cultures would... Would celebrate. Of course, you also have harvests that would take place as well, a fall harvest, and so all of that kind of comes together and and like a uh, a normal sort of um, uh, natural uh, nature oriented uh, celebration, celebrating harvest and also just the passing of things from life to death, and of course anticipating the rebirth of these things in the spring. 
Now, what I'm talking about predates Christianity. This is something that goes way back in these ancient cultures. And, uh, you know, the church over time with the gospel uh, has, has spread the gospel to all corners of the world. And in every place where the gospel has been preached and the church has established itself, you have seen an incorporation of the different cultures and the different celebrations of cultures into the faith, that the, there's, there's a certain enculturation that takes place where the, the faith, the, the church doesn't totally eradicate uh, pagan celebrations. Rather, it tends to baptize them and, and brings them into the faith. And through those celebrations, it really can, and, and baptizing those celebrations, it can bring the people in, right? Because our, our culture, our celebrations are all part of who we are and part of our our our, our sense of being as a as a society, as a as a family, as a group. And so the church brings all of that in to itself, into the faith, uh, with the goal really is just to touch the hearts, to reach the hearts, to bring the hearts of people into the faith. And it seems like Halloween is one such um Celebration, one such celebration. Uh, it, it was something that was a pagan holiday, a pagan festival. That uh, uh, you know, there's lots of different theories about Halloween, but once again, a celebration of the, of the passing of things from uh, life to death, but also uh, the harvest element. And at the same time, you had some some very naturalistic kind of beliefs in some cultures about how this particular day of Halloween that uh, you were able to see the, the, the living and the dead were able to commune. They were able to communicate on these days. And uh, you can see that even in a way with the uh, El Dia de los Muertos in Mexico, uh, a real sense of celebrating the dead. Uh, so much so that you go out and you spend lots of time uh, preparing the graves of, of family members uh, for the celebration. You have huge parties at home. You have... Um, uh, things being sold in the market. You've got tons and tons of different kind of candies and uh, shaped like skeletons. There's almost like a glorification in a way, a glorification of death, which I don't think, and I think to our for those of us in the United States, for our sensibilities, I think that the Day of the Dead can oftentimes look like a, um, almost kind of scandalous in a way. You, why give death all this attention? Why are we paying all this attention to death? Uh, it, it almost seems like a glorification of death. But in a way, in my experience in Mexico and in, in my experience knowing Mexicans uh, uh, for many, many years now, it, it isn't, I don't think, so much a glorification of death as it is an embrace of reality. It, it's kind of like embracing the fact, I mean, we're all going to die, right? We're all going to die. And so if you kind of make friends with death in, in a sense, uh, embrace death now, uh, then then it's not so scary later in life when death comes your way. Not that it's ever going to be a, a good thing, right? Death is the uh, result of, of sin. And of course, Jesus has conquered both sin and death. So in the end, salvation is there uh, for us. We can be saved. Uh, but that has to be played out in history. So still, even though you are part of the body of Christ, we're all part of the body of Christ, the church, and Jesus has won the victory, we still suffer and we still die, uh, but we will be raised to new life. 
So uh, it's very interesting, this whole sort of making friends with death. Uh, you know, sometimes you see St. Francis of Assisi pictured with a skull. And a lot of the great saints throughout the years, uh, throughout the centuries, have spoken about and have even been uh, portrayed uh, with a skull, have spoken about the necessity of keeping death always before our eyes. Always before our eyes. Why? Because if we're reminded of the end, then that will help us to make the decisions we need to make today to live for life, right? To live the life of Christ and to make the right decisions and to, to do the right things and to, to pray and to embrace our faith. So keep death ever before your eyes and in that way you can truly live and live the faith, live the life of Christ in us. So that's a, a wonderful thing. I think it's very odd for us. Uh, it seems really odd for us today, especially in first world countries where uh, you know we, we kind of sanitize everything. Everything sort of cleaned up and put away, and you know, you go to a funeral, and the body is there, and the casket, and everything is made to look so nice, and it it sort of glosses over what death is really like. Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's an interesting thing to to think about. Why is it that we put death away? Just just keep it away from me. I don't want to think about it, and if it does somehow or another come into my life, let's just make it as pretty as possible with all these, you know, flowers and, and, and everything else. And I'm not saying any of that's bad or wrong. I think it's it's great and it's it's uh it's wonderful to participate in funerals of loved ones because it gives you a concrete way of saying goodbye and it also enables us and reminds us to pray for the dead, for the souls in purgatory. Uh which reminds me by the way and I never, I don't think I intended this segment to turn into a, a Catholic stuff segment. But, uh, you know, one of the ways that the church baptized uh, Halloween, this, this celebration, uh, this pagan celebration, and made it into a Christian, a Catholic celebration, uh, was by moving the Feast of All Saints, which I believe used to be on May 13th. And let me, I can look that up, actually. This was Pope Gregory I, and this was way back in 601 A.D. The All Saints Day originally was celebrated on May 13th, and then he moved it. He moved it uh, to, let's see, it says that Pope Gregory I issued a now famous edict to his missionaries regarding the beliefs and customs of the peoples they wanted to convert. Rather than try to banish the native people's customs and beliefs, the Pope had his missionaries to incorporate them. If a group of people worshipped a tree... Rather than cut it down, he advised them to consecrate it to Christ and allow its continued, well, it says continued worship, but I don't believe that that's exactly what this particular write-up uh, means. This this write-up I'm reading right now, I'll put the link in the show notes, it's not necessarily Catholic, but it does take in some of the, this history here. It says in 835 AD, Pope Gregory III moved All Saints Day to November 1st to try to take over the pagan holiday. Uh, so you see there uh, the church trying to embrace these things, trying to incorporate them, to baptize them, and to celebrate the dead. Well, we have the dead too. The dead, those who have gone before us, are the saints. And so they are in heaven now. So let's celebrate all saints, all those that are known and unknown. We'll celebrate them on November 1st, All Hallows' Eve, the night before, the evening before, 
All Hallows Day or All Saints Day. And then the following day, we celebrate All Souls. And that is a day in particular that we remember the souls in purgatory. And it is so important for us to pray for the dead, to pray for the poor souls in purgatory. Matter of fact, the month of November in the church is dedicated for praying uh, or to prayer for the poor souls in purgatory. And there are many, many things that you can learn and find out about the poor souls and find out about purgatory and the importance of praying for them. Um, and maybe I'll put some of that in the show notes as well, but it's it, there's so many advantages to that. Matter of fact, many of the saints have said, if you will pray, if you will not forget the poor souls and pray for them in this life, when you die, you will have a multitude of very grateful people who will be praying for you. I say, hey, that's great. <laughs> that's great. You know, we pray in our family for the poor, poor souls in purgatory. Every meal that we sit down to, we pray uh, the, the, the blessing before the meal. Bless us, O Lord, in these thy gifts which we're about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. And we pray for each of our children, asking the Lord to bless each of them. And then we say, And may the souls of the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. So usually at least twice a day, lunch and dinner, that prayer is prayed in our household. I may not be there for lunch, I'll be at work, but that prayer is prayed in our household and we remember the souls in purgatory. We've also had a number of people who have died in our families, so uh, every November we're, we make sure to remember them in prayer as well. So a very good practice to remember the holy souls, because if you remember them, they will not forget you. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. And on a lighter note, <laughs> I want to share with you a couple things that happened this past week. I received a couple of packages in the mail, and I am so excited about this. One of them I have been waiting for for a while, and uh, I just got it in the mail this past week, and I'm so excited about this. I have not opened it yet. Uh, I, I wanted to uh, save this for the show, especially since we had mentioned it before. Uh, Inga in... The Netherlands sent me some coffee. You may remember she left some voice feedback for us uh, on the coffee episode. And uh, she had some very strong opinions, as I do, uh, about coffee in general in the United States. Oftentimes you find it uh, to be very weak and, uh, and not, not as flavorful as you would in New Orleans, right, down here. And also in uh, certain other parts of, of the U.S., and in Europe in particular, right, the European coffee tends to be darker and more uh, more robust, as we say. Now, uh, after the first episode on coffee, I believe, Inga uh, said that she was going to send me a package, send me some coffee, some of her favorite coffee, so that I could try it and uh, compare it to what I drink. And I was really excited about that. I was like, oh, I can't wait. And uh, she, she kept asking after a, a couple of weeks, she would... You know, email me and say, have you gotten the coffee yet? Or she'd 
you see me on Skype or something? Have you gotten the coffee yet? And I'm like, ah, I haven't gotten it. Anyway, it's been like over a month. And uh, she ended up, she ended, uh, she sent it to me, I think the last week of September, and it must have just taken forever through customs or through whatever it's got to pass through, but it finally got here. So I am very excited. I know Inga is right now, she's in the chat room uh, on Ustream watching the show. So Inga, I'm so glad that you are here and get to watch me open this. I have been dying to open this all week. But I thought, you know what? I need to wait. I need to wait until the show. And uh, <laughs> and it's finally here. It is finally here. So let's see. Let's see if I can get this. It's very well sealed, by the way, Inga. So, uh, all right. I got it open. Ooh. Let's see. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I wish I could stick this up to the microphone and you could smell it. Wow. Oh, gosh. It had a plastic uh, seal, I guess, on the inside of the of the bag. I could not smell the coffee uh, through the bag, but... Oh, it smells divine. Absolutely divine. Wow. I need to pull up the chat room to see if she's making any comments. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. So, let's see. I don't know if I can do this justice here on uh, trying to say what the name of these things are. Let's see. We have Mocha Limu. Or Limu. I don't know if that is uh, the way you say that. It's uh, from Ethiopia, I believe. And then you have the Viner Melang. I don't know how to say that either. Uh, and she says that the Viner... Malang is a mix of robust, Robusta and Arabica. And, oh, okay, the other one, the Mocha Limu, is 100% uh, Arabica, which is great. And I know that everybody's got a different pronunciation of these things, and I'm sorry if my pronunciations are not right and if they offend anybody out there, but, oh, my goodness, these things smell great. Oh, Inga, I can't. I don't, I don't know what to say. This is awesome. I'm very excited about this, and it's fresh. That's the thing. It's very, very fresh, and it's beans, by the way. So I'm, I'm very happy. I have a grinder here at the house, and I'll have to grind some up and and make some coffee. Char, by the way, has been very excited about this package. Of course, she saw this come in the other day, and she says I almost opened it. Because she got it before I did. She got the mail before I got home from work. And she's like, oh, I almost opened it. I'm, I, I, I could almost not help myself. So <laughs> she says, but I figured you'd want to do that. So anyway, Inga, thank you so much. And I can't wait to try this and to tell you what I think about these beans. Matter of fact, what I'm going to do is... Uh, <laughs> uh, Mike says he got a picture of me sniffing the coffee. Thanks, Mike. That's cool. <laughs> uh Let's see. She says that you can put put the stuff in the freezer to preserve it longer, so you know the beans can be frozen. That's good. I do that actually when I have fresh beans. If I'm not using them, I stick them in the in the freezer. That's a great reminder, though. Thank you. And uh, what I'll do is probably next Sunday for next Sunday's show. Not only am I going to drink some this week, but I'm going to save some so that next Sunday on the show I can actually drink that maybe instead of a instead of a uh, an Oktoberfest beer since. Uh, it won't be October anymore next week. And maybe next week on the show we can actually pray for the souls in purgatory. How does that sound? 
Well, in addition to Inga's uh, fantastic uh, package that she sent, uh, I, I, I received another one, and this one was really quite a surprise. Uh, I knew, I mean, Inga had told me that she was sending coffee, so I knew to expect that one. But this one was, was very much a surprise. And I know that uh, you may have heard me say many times or talk many times about Deke, Deke and D, or Deke and Tom and D Fox. Uh, and uh, they have the Catholic Vitamins podcast. And uh, Deacon Tom also has a segment over there at uh, Catholic Moments Podcast. And uh, anyway, I had uh, actually helped Deacon Tom just a little bit, just a tiny, tiny bit, giving him a little bit of my experience on the whole podcasting thing. And this is when he was just first starting up. Anyway, I, I, I helped uh, I helped Deacon Tom out just a little bit, sharing my knowledge. It wasn't I didn't do too much, but I, so I was so surprised to get this little package from him. And a, and a note of thanks. He he says, uh, uh, or they say rather, Deacon Tom and, and D say, greetings and blessings and smiles from Deacon Tom and D. This is a no reason except thanks, tiny gift to thank you and express our affection for your support and presence in our lives. Thanks too for the help getting Catholic vitamins off the ground. We have so much more to learn and work on, but we're going. Thanks in part to you. As we listen to the Catholic foodie, we continue to learn from you. Blessings. Deacon Tom and D Fox. Well, I really didn't do a whole lot, you know. Uh, it was my pleasure. I really enjoy podcasting and all the the trappings that go along with it, right? The the web design and all all this stuff that I do. And so it, it was a pleasure to help Deacon Tom out. And I was not expecting this, but he sent me. And those of you on UStream can see this. <laughs> he sent me some Catholic vitamins. <laughs> it's a little bag of M&Ms, right? But it has Catholic vitamins written on the back of all the M&Ms. <laughs> so these are real Catholic vitamins. I'm so excited. My little uh, seven-year-old saw me open this, and she was so excited. She's like, open it up. Let me eat them. I'll open it up. Let me, you know, just she's the one that walks around the house saying, candy, give me candy. You know, she's like a sugar addict or something. So she was begging for them. I'm like, no, no, we have to save these. It's the Catholic vitamins. We've got to take these to be healthy and holy, you know, and happy. So uh, Dee and uh, Deacon Tom, thank you so much. That was a, a real treat and totally unexpected. I, I really thank you for that. Uh, also, let's see. I did receive something else. I'm just going to say briefly. There was a publisher, a publisher uh, which is a member of the Penguin Group. This is uh, Dutton, I believe. Is that right? I'll make sure I have the... Yep, Dutton, which is, I guess, a a member of the Penguin Group. Uh, Publishers, they sent me a book to review, and this is The Legacy of Maddie Stepanak. Now, you may have heard of Maddie from a few years ago. He has passed away, but this book is called Messenger. And uh, I'm very excited about this book. So um, you will be hearing more about this book and an upcoming podcast. So just to let you know. And uh, and that's it as far as uh, surprises in the mail. Ooh, love. love. You heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sorry. True love is the greatest thing in the world. 
Except for a nice MLT. Mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes are ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Well, I do have one thing that's pretty serious uh, that I'd like to share with you. And, uh, you know, I don't want to... uh, Well, I I hate to even have to talk about this, actually, but uh, I am going to bring it up. I don't know if you have seen, or even if you watch, the the show Flash Forward, Uh, but, uh, you know, I do. I talked about it, I think, last episode, and... Also, uh, last week I appeared on uh, Nick and Pat Padley and Steve Nelson's new show, The Secrets of Flash Forward. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy the show. I mean, the, the show is, is very, very uh, interesting. I mean, it, it's not, not just interesting. It brings up some really good questions about human life and humanity. And I just... Um, I really, I really have gotten into the show. It's a, it's a really good show. Now, I don't want to uh, spoil this for anybody, so if you, uh, if you were listening, haven't seen it, and want to see it, then uh, you may want to close your ears. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm going to try to make this rated PG. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into any details. I'm just going to talk about uh, this kind of in, in general. Uh, so don't worry about that. But... Um, uh, this past episode was a uh, a letdown. It was definitely a letdown. And I thought about mentioning this to you the other day after I saw the episode, uh, but then I also got an email from Father Jim, Father Jim Tucker of the Creativity, uh, Catholic Creativity Podcast, and uh, ran a promo for him last episode. And, uh, you know, he shares the same concerns that, uh, that I share. And... Basically, to make the long story short, they introduce a new relationship into the show. Now, they have hinted in the past, they have hinted in, in the previous episodes that this one one of the key uh, investigators, FBI agents, uh, the, the key female uh, FBI agents, uh, they've hinted in the past that she was homosexual, uh, but they didn't come out and, and say that outright. Uh, it was just hinted at. Matter of fact, the, uh, the German, the Nazi uh, prisoner that they ended up getting out of uh, prison, he was the one who hinted most strongly uh, about that. And, and anyway, well, it, it all came out this past episode. It all came out. The title of the episode is Give Me Some Truth. And uh, they devoted, the producers of Flash Forward devoted a lot of time in this episode to that relationship. And you see her meet somebody, uh, another lady, another woman, uh, meet her, and then in a very short period of time, uh, that relationship develops into a physical relationship. Uh, Not only that, but they show at least twice, I can't remember if it was more than twice, but at least twice, extended kissing uh, between those two women. And... um, this is primetime television, by the way. Primetime television. And they are showing this on primetime TV where, I mean, you, you got lots of, lots of kids up at, during primetime watching TV. And this is what you have on there. 
that in itself was was kind of shocking. The fact that they uh, devoted so much time to this relationship uh, was peculiar and also kind of confusing. Uh, the relationship they they went out of their way to demonstrate or to show that there was an element of intimacy and trust or really depth to this relationship, depth to the relationship that had developed so quickly. Uh, but it, it it's really unbelievable. It, it's it's it, it kind of interferes with that whole suspicion, uh, suspension of disbelief, right? It's kind of unbelievable that they could meet, they get involved, and in such a short period of time, like almost really a matter of hours or maybe a day, they develop this sort of depth of trust and all that kind of stuff. And then like the next day, they're basically breaking up. I mean it's it was insane. And they devoted – the producers devoted so much time to this on the show. So on many levels, it was very disturbing. And Father Jim had shared with me in an email some of his thoughts, and he was asking me what I thought. And uh, I'm going to share with you a few things that I mentioned. I did appear – on uh, The Secrets of Flash Forward with uh, Nick Padley and Steve Nelson last Monday night. And I'm going to um, – I, I wrote to Nick today, and I wanted to share with him my position because uh, Father Jim wrote to me specifically because of my appearance on that podcast. Not, not Catholic Foodie, but that podcast. But I want to share this with you today since I did mention it last week on The Catholic Foodie as well. And there's there's really just five points I want to make about this episode uh, and about the show overall. Flash forward. Uh, first, I'd like to say that I'm I'm not a prude when it comes to sin in books or movies or whatever, and I really do stand on the side of Flannery O'Connor, that great Catholic novelist, Flannery O'Connor, uh, when it comes to this topic, because uh, basically, and, and she she I wish I can get the quote. I, I could have looked that up earlier and I just forgot to, but. Uh, she says something along the lines of this. She says, without sin in a story, it really isn't a story. I mean, sin and redemption is what makes a story worth telling. Now, if there's just sin in a story and there's no redemption, that's not really good. I mean, that, that kind of hinders the story as well. But sin and redemption, those are the two elements that really make a story worth telling. So I'm not upset that they included something like this kind of sin in the story. You know, I'm not, I'm not really upset with the producers because they treat of sin in the story, even this particular sin, because it really is part of our culture today. But I am upset because they made it such a prominent element in the episode, for one. And not only that, uh, you know, the relationship didn't really contribute to the overall story. It, it, it doesn't really go anywhere. It has no... There's no point to it. Uh, if it, it just seems to have been thrown in there, if they're going to include it, if they're if they're going to include this kind of sin in the story, they they really did not have to be as graphic as they were. Um, there was a lack of trust in the imagination of the viewers. Right, you don't have to show everything. You could have demonstrated that this relationship was happening off camera. You didn't have to present it in, a, in such a graphic way, right? It was just a gratuitous, a couple of gratuitous scenes uh, where the, you show the kissing, this extended, very affectionate, very intense kissing on this show. 
Um, and that that's just, I think, it's just too much. It's, it's over the top. It's prime time, right? And as I've already mentioned, the relationship itself, as they demonstrate it, as they show it, is very shallow. And yet they try to present it in a way where there's a real bond there that develops between these two women, and it just does not make sense. It's not believable. So in the end, the question for me is, will I stop watching the show? And I have to say I don't know. I have to say that uh, uh, I do plan on watching the next episode. I want to see their reaction, how they present uh, this particular relationship from here on out. Because at the end of at the end of "Give Me Some Truth," uh, the two of them kind of break up. They they move in opposite directions, which is just silly anyway. Uh, but I'm interested to see how that how that plays out, and I'm kind of hoping that this particular episode, somebody just had to get something out of their system. One of the producers, one of the people working on the show had to just get something out of their system, and that's it, and we're not going to see this again. right? That's my hope. But I don't know. I have no idea. So if, if this particular theme, this particular sin, this particular relationship continues to hold such a prominent place in the story, then these producers will have lost me as a viewer. Not only will they lose me as a viewer, but I will also take the time to write to ABC and let them know why. Uh, I will also probably write a blog post for CatholicFoodie.com explaining my position as well. So that's just my two cents on the whole uh, flash-forward thing. Uh, If you haven't seen the show, and you don't even want to see it or don't like it, then I apologize for bringing this up right now. But uh, I felt obligated to say something since I did plug the show. I did plug the flash, fo- uh, flash Forward last uh, last episode. And, of course, I was on the Secrets of Flash Forward with, uh, with the Padleys and with Steve. So, anyway, uh, that's enough of that. And it's time to wrap up this edition of The Catholic Foodie. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This Mm -hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it? Well, once again, if you have any questions, comments, statements, suggestions, anything at all that you would like to say to me, Uh, to the Catholic Foodie, you can always call me over at uh, 985-635-4974, and you can email me also at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. And of course, there's the website. You can leave comments on post over at catholicfoodie.com or at sqpn.com. Also, uh, podcast awards. The podcast awards uh, uh, nominations ended last Sunday. And I think they're going to take a week or two weeks to review the nominations, and then they'll finally open up the uh, the voting period, which hasn't started yet. Uh, but look for that sometime next week. You can find the Podcast Awards over at podcastawards.com. And please go out and vote for your favorite podcasts. I, of course, of course, I would highly recommend the podcasts of the SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network. Uh, also, you can find Catholic Foodie over at SQPN Connect, which is sqpnconnect.ning.com. I'd love to be your friend over there. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. It's Catholic Foodie over 
at uh, Facebook uh, on Facebook. It's a fan page on Facebook. You can just once you're on Facebook, just uh, search for Catholic Foodie, and you'll find it find it over there. Uh, lots of members there, and uh, we've got some pretty good discussions. You also, it's just a way, another way to kind of keep up with what's going on over at CatholicFoodie.com. Um, is there anything else? I feel like I'm forgetting something. Am I forgetting something? I feel like I'm forgetting something, but uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway, as I mentioned last episode as well, there is now a donate button on the Catholic Foodie website at CatholicFoodie.com. Uh, it does cost money to produce a podcast. There's uh, a number of different um, uh, expenses that I have. And matter of fact, since I'm coming up on the one-year anniversary of the Catholic Foodie in just about a month, uh, right around November, I think it's November 30th, I think is the first episode was ever released, uh, episode one back in on uh, November 30th, 2008. Uh, as we approach this one-year anniversary, uh, I do have some expenses. I've got some renewals uh, to make. So any donations would be uh, much appreciated, $5, $10, uh, $2, whatever it may be. You can go over to catholicfoodie.com. There's a, a, a donate button over in the sidebar on the right, and that will take you to a, a PayPal page, and you uh, can make a donation via PayPal. So I thank you very much in advance for that, and uh, until next time, bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.